it. I was sitting in a petrol station last night and I was calming and oh mother of God, the window got tapped three <laughs> times in ten minutes. They are That mad. was the one lad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're mental about it, yeah. That's Don't go to rock. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode. Time to turn back to rugby and Keith Wood is with us. Keith, good morning to you. How are you? I'm good, sir. Thank you. How are you? I'm very well. You've recovered from having two wisdom teeth out yesterday. Yeah, a little bit unfortunate. It's slightly um, stupid injury where I was uh, trying to chew a steak off a bone and I chewed the bone. A dog I'm not, so it didn't work for me. And I mean, was it okay? Was it as, was it as, it seems, for anybody who hasn't had it done, it seems pretty harsh. Yeah, um, I had it done yesterday. Um, I have to tell you, the um, I went to a guy in Nina. He was pretty fantastic. Um, he terrified me because he told me all the things that could go wrong. But um, to this point, none of them have. So okay. I have to be careful not to get an infection over the next week or so. But um, no, it's fine. Absolutely fine. No issue. And are the drugs amazing? Is that like, are you at risk of saying something outrageous in the next uh, 15, 20 minutes? Uh, unlikely. <laughs> unlikely, I'd say. I'm, um, whatever it is, I, I I don't need a huge number of them anyway. So um, no, I'm not, uh, Very good. I'm not taking a whole lot of taking an anti-inflammatory this morning. That's all. Okay. Let's have a quick look back at um, the three-game series in November. Um, how do you feel about the respective rude health of the the first the senior team at the moment? Where are we with regard to where we were before the November internationals? Well, I, I kind of think we almost need to look at the whole lot. But um, look, I was really intrigued by how we might play at the very start at um, against South Africa. How we could deal with that heavy hitting team. How we could deal with. Um, the manner in which they they play, which puts us under an awful lot of pressure. So, um, you know, we have to be like, we've beaten everybody else. And this is a team that, yes, we have beaten, but um, we haven't played them a lot. Uh, World Cup times, their, their teams have done very well in the URC. Um, just, we've struggled against bigger players. And it was kind of interesting interesting to see how we'd actually come out of the blocks how we'd play, um, and also to try and see how we'd bedded in our our um, backline play and our interaction between the forwards. So I think, like we've been critical uh, over time uh, for different people, different players, different coaches, because we can only comment on what we've seen in front of us. But I felt we started to make a progression with that. I think Mike Cat has done a good job. I think Paulie has the the right level of attention to detail and I think it looks like the players are trying to follow Farrell's lead and he's giving them a bit of scope so I actually I thought the team as a first team with you know a couple of late withdrawals a couple of um, uh, injuries uh, we seem to be able to deal with most of those um, um, I thought Johnny played very well I thought Connor Murray, who's been kind of out of it a bit, played pretty well um, and defensively very well at the, at the start. Um, I still would like to see him play a bit faster, um, but I still think he is integral to Ireland. I think he offers something entirely different to the other nines that we have. Um, and I thought, I, I thought the pack looked fantastic, you know, and 
So with all that that was going on, we didn't look to be... Uh, I mean, it was a tough game. It was a hard game. We stood up to it and we stood up to it well. We got a very good victory, I felt, and we looked comfortable in that victory. I thought Johnny Sexton was fantastic in that game. Yeah. The one thing you'd say is that it now appears certain like we have a first choice 15, largely. Uh, when fit, we know who's going to play. Um, and that is good. It's also a bit of a double-edged sword in that we're quite far out from when that team is going to need to be in form. And um, you just want to see proper competition in some places where players feel like they have to extend themselves to get into a position. And if they don't extend themselves and they're replaced by somebody that we don't miss a beat, because we, we did look like a completely different team when Sexton wasn't there in the two subsequent games. And that's fine. You know, the, the, uh, the game in the middle is going to be very difficult. It's, it's a bit of a non-contest. While at the same time, physically impossible to not get damaged by the size of the, the uh, people you're, you're playing against. The Australia game, we, we had a, a kid in at out half and that's going to take time for him. You know, you have to be realistic about what the capabilities of, of him to shout at the back row, to shout at the second row, to scream at the um, scrum half. And so Sexton not being there has this kind of multiplier impact. The one concern is that we know our first choice 15 and... Um, that's not a brilliant position to be in this far out from the World Cup. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not 100% with you on that. I think there are guys that are, you know, are up in the air a little. I think we have a lot of guys that we're, we're pretty certain on. Um, uh, I think Hugo Keenan at 15 has, has been fantastic for the last few years. I think our centres are Ring Rose and Robbie Henshaw. Um, I thought, um, I thought McCluskey showed a lot. And then drifted out of bits of it. And then Bundy came on and showed how incredibly powerful he is close to the line and how good he can be. He also showed poor discipline again, and he has to be very careful with that. He really, really needs to, to, um, uh, you know, to just change his technique somewhat that he isn't getting into, into those positions where he isn't getting exposed. Um, because he, he has started to play really, really well for Ireland. Our two wingers, I, I thought Mac Hansen started well and drifted a little as it went along, but you know it was hugely emotional for him to play against Australia. So I think you can understand elements of that. And also he hasn't played a huge amount of international rugby and people are getting to understand that he's around a little bit more and he'll get exposed for that, but he'll come back and get better. Um, Balakoon, I got a chance, but I don't think he's involved as much as he should be. So you're going to look at Conway coming back. You're going to look at Larmer coming back. You're even going to look at the effervescent uh, Keith Earls at 35 coming back. be interesting to see him this weekend to see, because he is just pure gas and pure gas is rare. So he'll always be a factor because of that. So um, I think at nines, Gibson Park is, he's a fine player. Like he's a really fine player, started really well. And it just flagged a little over the last couple of weeks and I think that's a, this is something that we have to try and understand how do we manage that for which we'd hope to be seven matches in a World Cup that some players are going to be um, they're going to go off the boil a little so you do need different players to come in so I thought uh, even when Casey came in um, uh, laterally the game picked up very quickly and so I do think we have a little bit of depth in there but there are guys that are fighting for position. And if we if we fully end up with a first 15, I think we're in trouble, actually. I, I think we what we really want to end up is 
having a lot of guys vying for positions and getting a chance to play. And that's the piece that, that really is important. I mean, the obvious glaring one is Johnny Sexton. And Johnny is, uh, he just seems to be playing at a, about six steps ahead from everybody. I, I think any criticism of Crowley, of which there was a bit in the papers, is just ludicrous. He's a guy who was starting his first ever test um, playing against uh, an incredibly physical team. And he was a bit deep. I'd say he, the shock to the system, the, the steps that he has gone up this year are pretty extraordinary. Um, but the joy he'll have for saying, okay, I look at that game. I'm definitely too deep for, for too much of that. And actually, if I, if I get a bit flatter, even as the game went on, he started learning that I thought it was a, I thought it was an extraordinary step up to it. I'm not saying he was by any means, um, perfect and was he by any means pushing anybody for, for the position, but he actually grew in the game. And you mentioned about barking at players. It took Ron Nagar about three or four years before he started barking at players. So, um, I don't think Crowley will be that sort of guy. I think he's pretty self-confident. Don't know him at all, but he looks at, um, has a bit of a strut about him, which is good. Um, so from a backline perspective, I actually don't think we're too bad, really. I think with, with all players coming back from injury, I think we have a fairly full deck. Sounds funny to say, Keith, but like, you know, almost if we'd won the three tests comfortably and played remarkably well, you're going into a World Cup year, maybe with a tad of complacency. Now, like, do you think Andy Farrell will be almost relieved? Like, you look at the Fiji game, the performance wasn't great, albeit a second string team. And then against Australia, there were certain things we could have been uh, better with as well. So, is it almost a positive for Andy Farrell that you, you can look back on the on the three tests and certainly amend things and, and have negatives that you can focus on as well? I think Shane, I think he'd be a bit peeved by it. I think he would have liked a better performance in against Fiji. Um, it was lacklustre a lot of the time. Um, uh, I think we seem to struggle a little when teams are down a couple of numbers. We don't seem to take advantage of that. He'll be really annoyed by that. Um, I, look, I thought the game against Australia was it was a strange game of rugby. I mean, it wasn't the most enjoyable game to watch. It was very slow, sort of, uh, not slow, it, but how would you describe it? It was there was no real width put on it. It was very defensive oriented. We didn't have the ball for a lot of the game. We couldn't show an awful lot into it. We didn't get into it. In many respects, I think it was Australia's biggest game, um, and I think there could be changes in Australia after it because uh, they've lost an awful lot this year, and yet it was unbelievably close. But they're difficult to play against. But. Um, I, I still think a lot of players hadn't played a huge amount of rugby this year and it's trying to get players fresh, fit and still be fresh and fit by the time we get to the World Cup. I mean, it's an incredibly difficult it balancing is, act. Isn't it? It, that's, so I would look at that and say we won three matches out of three. I'd be thrilled with with the victories. Some of the performances weren't quite up to scratch. We did look... Um, like for me, I see again, I'm, there's no criticism for, for Crowley at 10 coming in, playing his first test as a start. But I would have felt that we needed to be far more vocal elsewhere on the field. And a lot of that had to be taken off him. Um, and that's one of the elements that it isn't just that Johnny plays and plays very well. But because his influence is so good, I think other people don't quite step up enough. Yeah. 
and that's something that has to happen. Well, it, it's really interesting, and it's, it's um, obviously very difficult. You can't cheat that level of experience. If you think back to the start of Sexton as captain, he was chippy, he was snapping at referees, their relationship, he, he's obviously matured massively over that period of time, and that's like one of our most experienced players ever, still continuing to learn. So you can imagine what it's like for James Ryan or Caelan Doris or whoever else might be in that leadership group who might be a potential captain. So maybe they missed a little bit of an opportunity in naming Pete the captain when he's already done it. We know where we're going to get from him and, and not giving it to somebody else. I don't know, maybe if they'd had a, a week to think about it, they might have thought of something different. That point you make, though, about um, players not having played a lot of rugby, there's loads of players who hadn't played any rugby and that was their first real introduction to the season. The difficulty with the World Cup is we won't have played any rugby in the summer, really. We'll have a couple of World Cup warm-ups and then there'll be the Romania game, the Tonga game, and then the South Africa game. And there's a good chance that that's like the third game that Johnny Sexton plays next year. It's, 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 to get the World Cup campaign right, it's a little bit of a miracle and it's a little bit of a prayer. And um, that's the scenario we find ourselves in, even with all the planning and the A internationals. Yeah, I, I, look, I do think so. But I also think that the World Cup is slightly different. You get to the end of, of this season, um, you have a very short break and then you you start prepare everything that is done for preparation. So whereas you may not have played a huge amount of rugby, it, it's not quite the same as coming back from a lot of injuries, which we've had in this Ireland squad. There are a lot of guys only came back in about three weeks before. So when you come back from being out injured for a while and you haven't maybe done the amount of work, even though a lot of the guys are doing... I mean, they're being looked after very well. That's one thing I can see. I had, a, I had a good chat with Keith Earls a couple of weeks ago, and he was fit maybe two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. And he was saying, you're fit, are you okay? He said, yeah, I'm flying it now, really flying it. So I have two full weeks of conditioning and contact before I can go and play. In times past, you'd feel fit, you'd be playing on Saturday, you yeah. know. So it's so I think there is a huge management of the resources that we have. And it's how you can maximize that and how you can maximize the fitness and training that's done next summer. So you're going to be trying to be as fresh as you can during the year and still win and perform everything because Ireland's target has to be to try and go and get a grand slam because that's where we need to be at. And we need to try and deal with that favorites tag. And I think we probably dealt with that a little bit uncomfortably um, on, uh, on, last weekend but we need to get our head around that and need to perform accordingly then every time but whatever the preparation is it's to try and make certain that guys are are fit you know injury free so it's fine pushing yourself and getting yourself as fit as you can but there's no point being the fittest team in the world if four or five guys get injured two or three weeks beforehand or get injured in the first couple of weeks yeah. you know so the injuries we we you, you can't ever account for really our turned ankles or breaks or thing or concussions or things like that. But we need to make certain we, we try and cut out our soft tissue injuries that we're getting because there's quite a lot of them around in Ireland. We just need to make certain that we have, you know, protected enough. It's pushing to the most, but the most that the body can take, not the most that you can, you know, where you're pushing every edge to the far end. You know, you have to remember your rugby players at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, two last things to, to talk to you about briefly. Um, Josh van der Fleer gets named World Player of the Year. Uh, Brian was talking about uh, the time that he probably should have won it and how ultimately it was a, a disappointment. Um, what was your 
What was your recollection of actually being named World Player there? Did you know in advance of the ceremony that it was going to be you? No, um, and I had actually we had we talked about this last week, but it, we had a, a problem with our um, the the recording of it got it got corrupted. But um, I tried not to go. Um, I was absolutely shattered. We'd after playing a match. Um, I think we'd played, we played New Zealand, um, the day before. All I wanted to do was go, go home to Killaloo. I was living in London at the time, but I was just wanted the chance to get down, get down here, maybe go out to the West Coast a little and walk on the beach. I was absolutely shattered. And like I said, no to going about three or four times. And I, I, it was, it had never been before. It was the first time. And I, I, look, I'm. I'll admit the the um, the confusion of this. I'm not a huge fan of World Player of the Year. Not World Player of the Year. It's a individual award for a team game. I'm just. Um, I, I like having it, but equally well, I think it's it's um, it's very hard to pick one player when when you're operating from teams that you play with. So that's just been one of my things. So I was trying not to, but I, the RFU persuaded me whether they knew or not I'm not sure but I was sitting with Brian O'Driscoll he was um, he was uh, on the shortlist as well and we were sitting side by side and we were waiting for the guys to talk about um, who it was and I had not put one thought into it that I was going to win um, I thought Brian actually was going to win so I was I was even though I didn't want to be there I was kind of happy to be there then because I thought he was going to get it and when they started doing it I was totally taken um off guard totally off guard I don't know what I said when I went up there but I talked pure rubbish I knew there was nothing prepared but um yeah I it's it's one of those kind of mad things and it be, it's become important afterwards and you know it's 20 whatever it is, 21 years now later, that it's it's important now as a standing in the game. And I still think it's as important for the teams that the player is playing for. So, look, I was thrilled for, for Josh. I, I, um, I think he's actually been fantastic. The last two years, he's been incredibly good. But it's great for Leinster um, and it's great for Ireland that uh, we're getting that recognition of having players there you know, following on from Johnny Sexton a few years ago. So, like that is that's a great place for us in Irish rugby because you do want to be at the top table, and if your players are on those shortlists, that means that the team must be playing very well, and it's getting recognised globally. Does it mean more to you now? Oh, I, I look. I'm. I I like having it. I didn't win a huge amount of rugby. That's one of the things I always find it drives me kind of mad. I wanted to win more with Ireland. And I would have, I'd swap that for, for a grand slam. But, um, I know it's, of course, it's something I'm proud of, but, um, it's, I'm still kind of slightly conflicted with it. Always have been. It's great for your kids. I, I, I mean, I, I think I, I presume it's like, oh, that, that was world, especially now when like all of the winners who have won it since are the names that will resonate down the ages. And you were the first. Yeah, I mean it's lovely. I look, I'm honoured to have it. I'm, but I still doesn't take away from the fact that it's a team game, you know. So, um, but look, I, um, um, I just, I look, I was really happy to see it. I was, it was interesting when you were looking at the shortlist for for this year, and you know, you mentioned Brian, and Brian should have got it in 2009, and he absolutely should have got it in 2009. I don't know how that that didn't happen. Um, 
They changed the rules after Aldridge should have been on the list this time and wasn't. Um, and I think he would have pushed Josh uh, um, for it a lot. But when you look at everything that um, that Van der Fleer did this year, um, his level of consistency that he played for the whole year was pretty. Yeah, sensational. Actually, the last thing was just a monster, and, and very briefly over the next couple of weeks, uh, it's a real important time for the team to feed off the energy from the South Africa A game, and to use the fact that some of their players, like you've mentioned, Keith Earls, are, are coming back to fitness, and that the coaching ticket has now had a month working with a load of the players to go. This is who we are. This is our identity. This is what we're trying to achieve. If you make a mistake, it's okay. We're going to fix it. We're going to start winning games, playing well. So it's a really, really interesting period of time. Small matter of Toulouse. It's a very interesting period of time. Look, I think um, I think Roundtree has played a blinder for the last few weeks. Um, I think it's taking a period of time for for Munster to to, to get into some level of um, of player consistency. You can see that they're trying to change their style. Um, different pressures of different competitions is making some of that style come under additional pressure. So some of the handling can be, can be poor because it means almost more. I thought they took the game against South Africa as a freebie. And my God, did they, they have the skills. They can show them there was maybe a different or lessening of the pressure from the coaching staff or how they could express themselves on that day. And they looked fantastic with it. Um, no, I didn't think South Africa A played particularly well, but that doesn't take away from a lot of players that don't ordinarily get a start playing as well as they can play. I thought Frisch looked really good. Yeah. Hopefully his injury isn't too bad. I think that makes a big difference. Um, but to talk about Keith Earls again, just in terms of this and talking about um, uh, the things that are important for Munster and Keith is 35 and he'll be there for, I don't know whether he's there for another year after this one or whatever, but he is one of the old guards that is from uh, a part of Limerick that didn't play a huge amount of rugby. He he, man, he did go to a rugby school. He um, he has a huge following for, for who he is and what he is. And that's part of what's going to happen for the future of Munster, whether it's in playing or being in some level of coaching or some involvement that's involved even at domestic level. Um, there is that idea that you need to hold on to the things that make Monster very good, you know, and so that idea of playing in Cork, like Cork has been neglected for a period of time. There hasn't been big matches down there. You could see what happened when Cork came out in force. Like that was an extraordinary occasion and they're rare occasions, but you can't let those kind of drift past. So they need to fully integrate properly. I think Monster has kind of drifted away over the last few years into bringing in far more players from overseas when there is a lot of quality guys around but you have to give them a chance and you have to try and integrate those and pass on some of that history so that's that's what I'd be looking at for the next period of time build up what you did from then that doesn't mean you're going to win all the matches but hopefully you're going to Munster are going to start performing at a higher standard as the season goes along yeah. um, Munster know they can raise themselves for a big game they may not have the the depth of the squad that they had in the past, but they actually have and showed that kind of that pride that was required and the skill level that was required. So, I mean, I find it slightly ironic that it's an Englishman that is bringing that forward as it is a little bit in Ireland as well. And 
but they're coming from that community-based rugby and that's the bit I think we drifted away a little bit from and the more that Munster get back to that, the stronger they'll be. Whether they'll be strong enough this year, I'm not sure, um, but this has to be the start of a process to go over the next couple of years and it yeah. will require a level of patience. All right, Keith, good stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. Cheers. Cheers, Chance. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.